Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's season now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45. Yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah. Welcome to episode number 19. We're stoked to uh, continue on this little mission that we're doing right now. And uh, first of all, we'll say thanks to our good friends from Titans of Dirt. They've been uh, partnering up with us and helping us with the broadcast or the podcast for uh, quite a few weeks now. We're really stoked. So check them out on Facebook, Titans of Dirt. Follow them on social media and like them and uh, watch what they got coming soon. So uh, they're good people. Today's episode is uh, all the way from the sunnier parts of the world, still here in Southern California. Loving this, and I'm, I'm pretty excited because this is going to be something uh, more entertaining and informational for all you Speedway people out there who are concerned with the future of American Speedway. So um, you've got a little bit of the, I don't want to say the past, but kind of a little bit. <laughs> yeah kind of you know we got the normally say the past the present and the future and i, I don't want to say i'm in the past yet <laughs> but uh, you know i'm still kind of present then we got the present here with ricky wells uh and we've got the future coming with max and dylan rumble so ricky wells max and dylan welcome to the podcast how's it going guys beautiful day no it is no day in paradise <laughs> thank you for having us on here no problem like you said no day in paradise that's no. sorry for you over there stefan are you here with us I'm here. Right. How is it in your kind of, you call it paradise there in Winter it's Wonderland? It's beautiful, man. It's white outside and it's snow, Dark. really big snowflakes. <laughs> snowballs? <laughs> oh, yeah, you can do snowballs and you can go skiing and you can do. So I'm pretty excited about the weather today because it's not that, I don't know what you call it, it's slisky. I don't know. You, you know when it when it's it's kind of cold, but it's water outside on the road. So when you drive, it's just oh, slushy. Slushy, yeah. Slushy. What word do you use in Swedish? I want to I want to know that one. Sliskit. I don't know. Sliskit. It could so be sliskit. That one. Almost like sliskit. Sounds like one of the Swedish words that I know. Right. I can teach you some. Sliskit. Anyway, can you get sideways in it? Oh yeah, not with my my car, but the other car. <laughs> right. Oh, you take you know, the modern cars is not that sideways cars anymore. If you don't turn everything off, I don't know how to do that. But oh right, you got all the traction control. You're one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> See over here, over here in our paradise, you know, we don't have any of that. We just everything's rear wheel drive. We still have like manual handbrakes and stuff like that. So we're you know we're just getting sideways all the time. Oh. <laughs> I need to get one of those. <laughs> everything's V8, everything's like 13 miles to gallon, nothing's diesel. It's cool. Oh, but that's we cool. got cheaper gas than you, <laughs> even though it's expensive for us. We have cheap gas here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had these diesel cars, but they will they will ban it now, I think. What are you talking about it? Is it Volkswagen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do have an Audi, you have Audi, huh? Yeah, I have now. But they they're talking about taking all of the the diesel cars away from city or really yeah so now people don't know if they can buy uh, diesel cars or not because the wow. government is like 
yeah, they haven't decided yet. But and this is just because of pollution. Yeah, something like that. It's something with the environment. But for like five, ten years ago, they tell they told everybody to buy diesel because it was more friendly for the environment. Gosh, you think about an old Mercedes way back in the day. Those they were real friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there was more smoke than anything coming out of the back. But today, it's like you can't tell it feels like they're cleaner than they ever were. Than, yeah. than gas engine. <laughs> so welcome to to Europe, guys. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we didn't really want to ask you guys about diesel cars or anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're stoked. We got you guys here. Uh, I had these questions lined up first, but first of all, I just wanted to kind of talk about the Olympics. Oh yeah. I mean, we have to show our roots, right? Yeah. So I love the Olympics. What's that? I love the Olympics. Cool, yeah. cool to watch, dude. What about Sean White? That's rad. Rad. I have I have to bring it up, Stefan. I know that you're a Swede, and but I, I do have one thing here. You know, um, what's his name here? I'm looking at it. Did you know that according to the the IOC, that Carl August Kronlund of Sweden was the oldest Winter Olympics gold medalist in 1924 at age 59. 59? Of the course Olympics. I know that. Yeah, he's a hero. 59. Dude, <laughs> I'm only 47. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shot at the Olympics. <laughs> you have at least 12 years down. That's right. Yeah. And, and of course, it had to be a Swede. Of course, yeah. The Vikings. Yeah, you guys are the Vikings. Right. Yeah, it's easy. Now, I, I haven't really followed uh, the Olympics actually, but we have we had some medals, I think. Yeah, you guys have had a few. Yeah. Do you have all those sports that we are un unheard of over here? That like cross country skiing. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I have no idea. Or, <laughs> there's another one where they go on skis with like a gun on their back, and like we're not allowed to do that over here. Really. <laughs> <laughs> we got gun laws no. over here. You guys do that for a sport. <laughs> I don't even know the name in English. Is it like ski shooting or? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It? That's, you know, yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, but we want to stay politically correct, so we're not going to go into this shooting thing. We're here to talk about the Olympics, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, anyway, that was it. We just wanted to mention that. Anyway, we're stoked. Americans are doing good, but some of this half pipe stuff's been insane. Yeah. But they said Sean White's. I keep saying him because the dude's like an icon, right? Yeah. And you get that one of his hits was like he's like 19 feet out of the the half pipe. Oh. The half -pipe, like what is it? 15 or 20 feet high? Yeah, it's they like said. 20, yeah. 22 feet or something. The like dude was like nearly as high out as he was. As if the whole thing is high. Uh, and coming back from injury as well, where he smashed his face off the yeah. edge in New Zealand, I think. So. Yeah. And he's 30 now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk about age, but. He's still young. Dude, he's still young. No, I mean, it was like the intensity of how he won that, that gold medal, though. It's like. I think it was the Japanese snowboarder. He comes out with like this gnarly run in his first run and kills it. Sets the pace. Yeah, and then Sean White had to come out in his third and final run and land like three or like two back-to-back -back, like 1260s or something. And it was just like, bro, like how do you manage that kind of like composure, you know? Uh, Hold yourself together. Yeah. And he like, and he knew it when he hit the final one, huh? He was like, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That was it. 
Yeah. Bit, yeah. Like the way he celebrated it, it was like, he knew it was his. And you're like, I mean, that Japanese dude was good. Yeah. He was really good. But, you know. Do you guys snowboarded? Yeah. We go up to the mountains. The mountains are like an hour and 20 minutes from here. Big Bear. Oh. Well, that's cool. ski, though. You guys are all into skiing in Sweden, aren't you? Yeah, we're doing both. Oh, okay, they're, they're big skiers, though, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. No, I've never skied. No. Not water skied, but I think it'd be different. Well, not really. You're just on frozen water. Normally, <laughs> water because it doesn't freeze enough. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are just waiting for it to unfreeze over there, so you can water ski. Yeah. Now Sorry, we're, we're just going skating. Ice skating? Yeah, ice skating, yeah. Figure skating, or are you one of those guys? It's a real sport. I don't know. Is that a sport? Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> In the Olympics. But obviously, my wife is Swedish, and we had this discussion. They never see any Swedes out there doing figure skating. Oh, that's Konst uh, Orkning. Konst Orkning, that's what they yeah. call it. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay, now I know what it is. Figure skating. I was like, translate that. <laughs> translate that for these guys in to English. Oh yeah, strange uh, writing. <laughs> 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 or, or, but it, it would be more like art writing, I think. Oh, gotcha. Strange writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. That's yeah, right. no, it's it's more like art. Yeah, could be. <laughs> All right, we'll leave the Olympics now. So we're here in California. The season's coming up. And obviously, I'm getting ready to go. You guys are getting ready to go. Ricky's leaving here in a couple of days, heading Thursday. back over. <laughs> yep, back to England Thursday, and yeah, straight back into it. And so, when I talked about the past, the present, and the future, I just meant like, okay, I'm not in the past. I got to leave the past out for a second. I keep saying, it. sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Ricky and I were in the game. I'm not riding in England anymore, so I kind of am in the past in that way. But Ricky has been riding in England now for how many years? I think this is my ninth year. Ninth year. Ninth year, yeah. Wow. Whatever, uh, 17. And I'm 26 now, so <laughs> next year will be testimonial year, which is pretty nuts because I've ridden in testimonials uh, one or two a year. And yeah, I can still remember going over there my first year when I was 17. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go over here and like kill it. But, you know, I struggled the first few years, but, um, you know, it's gone quick. I've had fun all the way through it or I wouldn't be doing it still. And um, yeah, I still kind of get excited to go over there. See, that sets the topic for this whole conversation too, because it's, it's, there's been guys, we should have had Aaron Fox with us today, but he couldn't make it. So we're going to give him a hard time. We, we just think it's something to do with the uh, drinking. Is it drinking? <laughs> Not, nothing to do with like, you know, can't get up earlier. Just drinking. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, who knows? He's I a mean, national champ. Yeah. He's Mason. That, no. Bro. Oh, so They tried to dish you there for a second. But anyway, we were just trying to dish Aaron. That was the <laughs> 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 You're a champ. You know, you can just kind of do this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you take guys like like Aaron, Gino Manzarius, guys that have gone over to Europe and they've had like small stints over there or a year or two or Gino did two years maybe yeah did he before he came back or was it only one he's uh, I think he's done two full seasons over there right it feels like I, actually don't know. Uh, I want to say he's done two full seasons because I remember when I went over for the world cup in 2014 I believe that's when he did his first full season or it may have been 15 I'm not sure because I did the world cup both years and 
it was uh, it was pretty hectic, but it was it looked cool. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I think that is. I think you did 15, 16, didn't you? Yeah, so something like that. Last year, which is 17 off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now he's on the way back yeah. to Europe again. So this is the cool thing. Like he's been there and done it and he's come home and now he's going to go again. Aaron's been there and done it. He just did one year, right? Yeah. yeah. Now it's Edinburgh too. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing is like some guys go there and they stay for a lot of years like you and I, and we've done longer stints and he's still so young, you know, it's, it's rad that you've done so many years in a row. Or on the trot, as they say. On the trot. And um, now, you know, you guys, looking at you guys, you've seen me doing it from before. You've seen Ricky's done it. You've seen these guys come and go. Mm -hmm. And now going again. I go, whatever. <laughs> but the, the future, like for you guys, do you have this, you know, when you were kids growing up, if we back up this whole thing again, you guys are born and raised here in Southern California? Yeah. Um, Ricky's kind of. Ricky's more or less raised. Yeah, born yeah. in New Zealand, moved to Minnesota, grew up in California. And we kind of we kind of stolen from the from the Kiwis. Oh. <laughs> luckily, luckily we didn't have to steal. Him. Luckily, he was he was willing to. to, <laughs> to so we we've been lucky in that sense. We got we got a Kiwi and um, a guy who's gone over there, and he had you know the background of New Zealand. For some of you who know or don't know about it, especially Stefan might not know the history of, of Speedway, but. New Zealand has got a quite an amazing past of world champions and guys who would probably enrolled out the red carpet for for Ricky to go and and ride under their wings and do all these things and I know that things were put on the table for you at certain periods but he still chose to to work with us and be an American as he was living here and he was an American I guess that's I don't want to speak for you no, you know that's definitely it's um you know there was two options but there's always uh, to ride for America, all my mainly all my friends are American. Uh, grew up, learned how to ride here in America. So it was, um, yeah. Still go back to New Zealand quite a bit in the winter and stuff. But um, yeah, don't regret any decisions or anything. But you did you do? You were five, so you were just riding bikes. You never even had a chance to ride any speedway there. No, nope. too little, right? Of course. The only thing I rode, I think, was a bicycle with no training wheels, and I hit a bin. That was the end of my riding days in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, like a, the the bins in New Zealand were just yeah. way too gnarly. They're just yeah, super dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but when you guys came to the U.S., did you come to California first? Yeah, we came here. I think it was 1995 or six. Um, my dad's more of a sunny weather person and got sick of New Zealand winters and the rain and everything and. Uh, yeah, came to, um, I believe we were in Anaheim to begin with, which is the next city from your Belinda then. Um, yeah, grew up in your Belinda, went to El Dorado High School in Placentia, and um, yeah, still here now. My dad's in Arizona now, but uh, yeah, love this area. Yeah, it's cool. That's a, it's, a, it's a pretty rad story. And I mean, his dad's got a, a story of his own from, from racing cars and boats and or being involved with all that stuff, right? Yeah, he raced stock cars back in New Zealand um, ever since he was a kid and stuff. And the way it was is the, the bikes and the car, bikes and the sidecars are used to race before the, the stock cars. So he always knew the sidecar guys and stuff. And they used to race in New Zealand. There's a whole lot of them down in Huntington Beach area. And, you know, that's, that's how I kind of started was on a PW50. And my dad knew all the sidecar guys. And 
he was like, yeah, we'll get him on a bike. Then he moved to a sprint car and like a whole life planned out for me. Like he, <laughs> like most dads do, but uh, yeah, never got off a bike and yeah, had to go in a sprint car. And sometimes I kind of wish I did that, but I think anything you do that's fun, it's always fun for a bit until it gets serious. How did you start yeah. with Speedway then? Because the cars were more natural, wasn't it? Yeah, what it was is um, the sidecars in America, the sidecars and the bikes don't race with the, on the same mat as the cars. So we, we went to Costa Mesa Speedway. Mm. Uh, we actually started in Maley's, I think, in, back in Corona. And mm. um, yeah, <laughs> years ago, did a lot of laps on there. And then my dad knew the sidecar people um, who were from New Zealand, went to hang out there. Uh, we went and watched Speedway caught a few times at, at Costa Mesa. And yeah, it just started like that. And um, I didn't really look back. <laughs> cool. So, and this guy, like, I've his dad is a very, very clever guy and uh, quite the engine builder. And uh, to, just to say it simply, mm -hmm. and I've got to know these, their, their family pretty well, obviously through Ricky. And then his dad has helped me on, on various different things here in, in the U.S. And very knowledgeable and a fun guy to talk to for someone like me. I've got a lot of crazy information from him and, and ideas and, and uh, he just offers really good opinions about stuff. You know, obviously he wants Ricky to, to be the best and uh, yet he's very helpful to, to all of us in so many ways. So I've got to meet his, you know, obviously his mom and then been down in New Zealand a few times and hooked up with this guy's got the coolest uncle anybody could ever have in their <laughs> life. Like, <laughs> Uncle Stu, Stu is the bomb. Stu is, he's, you know, I mean, we all have cool uncles, but if you guys, I don't know if you've met Uncle Stu before, but uh, <laughs> he leaves a lasting impression. He's yeah. next level. He's, uh, yeah, you got to see him. You can't really describe him. It's better <laughs> just to see him, but he's funny. Uh, owns a bar up in Walkworth, just an hour north of Auckland. And yeah, he's still living back in the 80s, I think. <laughs> 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 I no, love him. He's not at him. all. No, hey, he's like, uh, you know, I, I feel like he's my family now. And I've, yeah. you know, I've hung out with him, and, uh, you know, a couple of handfuls of times, but that's about it. And the guy, just from the first moment you meet him, you're like, your first impression is everything. Like you said, you look at him and he's, he's still living for the time, but the most cool guy, he's got a huge heart and just, you know, I, I can talk good about him all day long. There isn't, you know, obviously Ricky's family with him. So he, he probably knows all the dirt too. <laughs> I don't care. I can look past the dirt because the guy's just, he's, he's just righteous, you know. Uh, he's our food and beverage manager when we go down there. He takes oh. jobs. Yeah. No <laughs> it's, yeah. He's been to Sweden before, actually. He came over, uh, I was to the ADCC thing in Eskilstuna and Stu had spoke to my dad and was like, oh, I want to come up. And he was in New Zealand and we were in Sweden. Like, obviously, I was young, but um, now thinking about it, like, it's not really the easiest place to get to from New Zealand to Sweden. <laughs> to come watch you ride <laughs> Yeah. And uh, he turned up one day, just turned up at the track and flew into Stockholm, I believe, from Germany through Dubai or whatever it was. And then uh, I'm pretty sure he either caught a taxi from Stockholm up or hitchhiked or something. It was some kind of pretty cool story. And I was like, <laughs> Well, at least you're here. Stephen, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going back to. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <style> too. 
I, I've heard that story from Stu. When yeah. He did that. He told me about it. And then he came to Sweden two years ago. Yeah. Again, he came over to Europe and made like a, a plan. He was going to go to England and then he was coming to, to the Grand Prix in Warsaw and then was going to go somewhere else and then visit his buddy in Croatia, Croatia yes. and then come back and see you. And did he ever see you? No. That's no. a really touchy subject. No. So much time with you, but not me. <laughs> yeah, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> He spoke to me a lot. Yeah, yeah I gotta come over. I'm sorry. Yeah. So now he's my uncle. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you just took him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I see Ricky. You know, he's been going down there the last couple of winters, and I haven't been down there for a couple of years now. I get a little bit jealous when he's down there. I'm like, dude, he's missing. <laughs> yeah, just go then. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> simple it's yeah. real simple yeah <laughs> if you look at it through suicides it's very simple he That's, keeps it simple yeah he straightens out a lot of plans and makes things pretty uh clear yeah really easily and you're like oh yeah it's not really that hard yeah if you don't like going to work he's like don't go to work <laughs> <laughs> so i was like okay <laughs> you just make it happen yeah that's cool yeah you're a business owner you're the same right you just if you don't want to go to work you just don't go yeah <laughs> uh, that's how you do it. These are life lessons for these youngsters. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. If you want to go to work, just don't go. Don't do it. It's, it's not a sick every day. Yeah, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, but you guys, do oh sorry. No, you take over. No, I'm just curious about Dylan and Max. Are you going to Europe? You know, we. Uh, I think we both want to make a a run at it you know we've uh we've both been kind of trying to learn trades and you know trying to really have our our stone set in place before we try it something at that's in this sort of manner you know it's a it's a dangerous sport that that we do and you know a lot of things can happen so it's always good to have a backup plan but uh you know i, I think that we really want to make a push at it a lot of people you know don't think that we've never You know, we've never really put that out there that we've wanted to do it and we've wanted to make a life out of this. But, you know, it's a, it's something that I think we've both dreamed of since we've got into the sport, you know. And compared to Ricky and Greg, we've, we don't have any time in the sport. You know, it's a, I think I grew, I grew into the sport when I was about 12 years old. And at the time he was, Dylan was 10. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a big following of it. We, uh, We didn't have family that was really into the sport and simple fact like i went to my first race at industry and i didn't know what i was watching uh, <laughs> uh, so how old would you have been then 12. that was 12 when you went to see your first race yeah. too right okay gotcha. why'd so, you go uh we got we got into the sport through uh the, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> um we actually got into the sport through the the ramirez samuel jason ramirez and um You know, uh, we met them riding out, a, out at a motocross track called Milestone. And they've actually recently just put a, a speedway track in, which has been very helpful for, for us-wise because we don't really have a practice track here that we can just, you know, hey, you guys want to go to the track today? <laughs> no, it, it was never really like that. You have to set up a, a solid practice and do that. But um, either way, you know, we got into the sport through them uh, through a motocross race, and they were like, hey man, like we were a speedway and my dad had kind of known about it, but he wasn't familiar with it either. You know, we grew up riding motocross and 
uh, coming from that, we were just sitting there like, what's Speedway? And they're like, oh, you get on a bike with no brakes and you just go slide around the track. And they're just like, wait, what? No brakes. You just got to try it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this Ramirez family that he's talking about too, Jason was also a rider. I don't know if he still rides today. He's still wanting to ride. He's kind of been plagued by injury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He had a really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's kind of set him back pretty well. And then his little brother as well. He's got a he's got a lot of natural talent on a motorcycle, and can kind of just go out there and, and send it. You know, right. in a sense. And <laughs> American, but, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's a it was a really cool following. We went out to Paris Raceway for my first time, at least. I know he Dylan right here. He didn't really get that opportunity the first time but you know I got to go out to Paris one day and uh, I guess you could say I was kind of a natural on the motorcycle as well in a sense to where you know I had the whole the whole corner by the first by the end of the first day I was sliding the whole corner and you know I was I was getting it you know and, you were sending it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and you know that's kind of where where I was like man this is cool you know it's a this is a rad sport and I went home. I was like, you know, my dad wasn't even there. He sent me off with like this random family that I had met like twice. And it's like, yeah, dude, go ride a bike with no brakes, you know, just what uh, we do in America. Yeah, I do. Yeah, man. And uh, go have fun, you know? And, you know, that's what I did. I went out and I had a whole bunch of fun and I really enjoyed it. So I came home and I was like, dude, Dylan, you got to try this. And that's when Dylan kind of came into play. And he actually got to be really good friends with Samuel. And that's kind of it's just evolved from there you know it's a it's a cool deal and you know coming from motocross it was a we kind of had both both disciplines but you know at one point it was like you know we got to pick one we're spending a lot of money and riding motocross and all of a sudden we were like yeah we want two speedo bikes too you know so (laughs) dad kind of made that decision like what do you guys want to do you know and I think Dylan pretty much enjoyed it as well his first time and uh, we had really good experience with them and like like you guys were saying through the sidecar guys like his first day on the speedway bike was out of industry and uh, <clears throat> when we were sitting there and I go out there and I'm I'm on this bike that's just like it was actually a uh, an old Ryan Fisher Junior Speedway bike and. I went out there and this thing was just running like absolute crap. Like these guys just, uh, the Ramirez's, they had like the, the most awesome stuff. These bikes were built up for all these little kids and, you know, just go have fun with. And, you know, my bike wasn't quite working that well. And Dylan, he had enjoyed his day and, you know, had a good time. And I was sitting on a bike that just wasn't really working well. So at the end of the day, when, uh, when they were all done, I actually got the chance to go out and, ride their bikes and I had actually going back to the sidecar guys I had Joe Jones out there and for a solid hour and a half that guy sat out there with cones in the first corner and uh doing the the gate system so for like a good solid hour and a half he's a rad dude yeah he really is and uh he sat out there with me for for a long time and just worked with me you know go inside the cone go outside the cone go inside the outside of the cone I'm sitting there like, what are you talking about? All right, well, let's try it. You know, <laughs> that's cool. 
and dad had the fuel can out there. We'd stop on the track and give me a sip of water. And I was a kid, you know, I didn't just keep going. Uh, I, didn't, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know to stop at that point. That There wasn't, uh, you know, I always caught my fifth wind every time. You know? <laughs> every lap was just like, was just like, dude, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And through there, I mean, we just kind of evolved into the sport. And, you know, I think me and Dylan both, we kind of, like I was saying, kind of both have natural talents on a motorcycle. Like I've seen it. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, Dylan, he's, he's unbelievable. He's a, he's a two time under 16 national champion. He's a, you know, he's worked his way up through the ranks just as well as I have. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a really cool deal, but it's a, it's slowly evolving into something, you know, better, something greater. And we want to make a good run at it. And, you know, it's a, it's a hard decision, like you said, to, to leave sunny California and, you know, go to a country that's raining three quarters of the year. And you're sitting there like, why would you go there? <laughs> we, have, we always make jokes that like California is like sun with a chance of rain. But over there, it's like rain with a chance of sun. <laughs> I hate this. You have to say it. The good thing is that the food has gotten better. Just no washing peas or the beer's good. But not that you guys drink. I couldn't get over it with the beans at breakfast. <laughs> beans. Yeah, 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 I really enjoyed that. I don't know. It was just it weird. On you. You, you, it was it different. Comes. It was so different. Yeah, that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's different. That's like the English look at us and they're like, "You guys have donuts for breakfast?" Yeah, like donuts for dessert. Well, that's what, the, having them that's what the police have. So we just want to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, through um, it's, that's so true. <laughs> through the um, you know, through the growing of you know, us at a young age starting in a sport like this, it was a, it was a really cool deal. And, you know, I enjoyed my time on a junior speedo bike and I can certainly say, you know, I, I couldn't speak for him, but I could certainly see that Dylan enjoyed it as well. And, you know, maybe he could kind of add in on it a little bit. You know, he, he had a big upbringing with, with the junior speedway. And, you know, with me, I was always two years older than the crowd that we hung out with, you know, Brock Nickel, Luke Becker, Curtis Hamill, uh, Dylan, I've always been kind of a year or two ahead of them, but everybody else, like I, I was that one guy that was stuck in the middle. I was, a, uh, you know, you, you have like the, the lower division one riders like that, that came up with me, but they didn't really have that, that eagerness, the, the ability to go out and just kind of, like I was saying, send it, you know? Yeah. And when I moved on to the 500s, I was still a year, a year ahead of Brock and, two years ahead of Dylan and Luke and so you and Luke are similar <clears throat> Dylan and Luke are similar similar age yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I believe so right. how old are you 21 turning 19 in March well I was close well, I <laughs> <laughs> you were actually yeah. yeah in England I'm 21 <laughs> <laughs> that's about it <laughs> I'm going to hear so when you started riding junior speedway even Ricky, what kind of bikes? What was like your first junior speedway bike? I had a. It was actually a Swedish named Brian from Orebro. It was an XR two hundred engine. Then um, went from a PW fifty to that. Uh, that was an XR two hundred. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Rick, can you please come a bit closer to the microphone? Sorry. It's hard to hear. Yeah, we had a Brian Frame, uh, a Swedish company with a XR two hundred in it, and then we dabbled a little bit with the uh, 85 two-stroke stuff um, and then went to 
got on the 250s, but the 250s back then were the 350 stroke down. So I, they were pretty, I haven't ridden one in a long time, but um, judging by how hard some of these new 250s rev and stuff like that, I think they're a little bit easier to ride back then. But um, I would say the same thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I never did the one, what's Wilbur's one, 150? He's got the 150, he's got the 140 and he's had a 125. Yep. So he had the upright. 125 that one like the little it's the chinese mm -hmm. like common copy these days uh -huh. and i think that thing even when i see him ride it i think that thing handles way better than the little lay down ones yeah. but the little lay down ones seem to be a little more snappy yeah. And yeah a little quicker but i think it's pretty um i think australia is kind of the same way as us with the they have 150s 200s um i actually did a race on boxing day at curry in, in the the interval, they actually put us back on junior bikes to oh, do a race. Rad. Whatever your first heat was uh, in the main program, you had to race against the same guys. What a cool idea. <laughs> I was like, okay, I was, I was pretty good on a junior bike back in the day. My first heat was uh, I saw Sam Masters, Rowan Tungay. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rowan, like, <laughs> he's like a twig. Yeah, you guys that's the first thing. I, I was like, dude, can you put some, like, couple of bricks on them or something. Handicapping. Yeah. And I think it was Zane Kennedy was also a kid in there as well. And I was like, oh, you know. And, man, they were so difficult to ride. I started out of a big rut, and the thing just bogged on its face. <laughs> and it was, like, trying to high-side me off. And Rowan just looked normal. It was fun, though. It kind of made it exciting and stuff. Yeah, they're cool bikes and stuff and good to learn on. Definitely. That puts it into perspective, like you said, though, like, you know, riding junior speedway, it is way harder than it is to ride a 250 yeah. today or a 500 today. Like, you guys have probably remember this. As soon as you get on the 500, you're like, this is easy, right? Yeah. That's relieving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's, simple. You can get in trouble a lot easier, too. Yeah. Yeah. But you can also get out of trouble a lot easier. Yeah, so it's just... It's uh, yeah, it's cool. What about you guys? What did you start on? I'm um, like Honda 200. Yeah, pretty much like what Ricky was saying, like XR 200 strapped into these like I I almost like to call them homemade frames because they, they didn't yeah, yeah they, they didn't much are, yeah there wasn't no factory frame for us to grow up on like how the kids have now with uh, the involvement of uh, the Hagen shocks frames and these little seven eight scaled bikes. It's like yeah, Stuart is making a production yeah. model soon. And we didn't really, like Ricky said, we didn't really have that. You know, it was just like <laughs> strap a motor in a, in a frame and try and get it sideways, you know? And I'm pretty sure with my first junior bike, my dad had to make all my engine plates and everything because it must have been a, it was an ADCC frame with different engine plates in it. So he was all... Used to go to work early in the morning, make the engine plates and everything, and yeah, that's how he. That's he how he had did. he had some nice bikes. I remember his, you know, I mean, his dad is, he's like a perfectionist too. So I remember seeing Ricky's bikes, and they were like, I was jealous, you know. And I was like, <laughs> Dang, I want one of those, you know. <laughs> and my bikes back then were nicer than they are now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was everything is kind of special in that way, handmade or. Yeah. Um, even me growing up, I remember my first bike my dad built, and it was a king frame, I think, back in the day. But the amount of time it took him to fit a Triumph Tiger Cub <laughs> engine back in the day, and it was like I felt like it was an eternity before he finished it. You know, you're uh, bugging him, Dad, when's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? It was probably a couple of months, but when you're a kid, it's like years, right? Yeah. So, but, and the way it evolved, so I went from that to a, to a one, 
75 Honda that was then built up to a two, I don't know exactly what it was at the time, and then ended up on a 250 that was up to a 262 or something built up. But that model, which isn't that much different than what some of the guys are riding today in Australia, except mm-hmm. for 125s, but it, it does seem like we follow in the same category. Yeah. And I swear that that's the reason why our guys end up being so a little bit further ahead, especially in the beginning. Maybe later on, you know, that when you get to 500s, it, it all levels itself out. But I think that we learned so much from the junior speedway that not every other country around the world has. Mm, yeah. Australia is one of the few. Maybe New Zealand had some too, I'm not sure. But England has virtually never really had a junior speedway program. They've only had their grass track stuff, yeah, which was their junior speedway. And that's strange as well because I know there is a lot of people that want the, the English to go good and stuff. But you look at that and... Yeah, I think, you know, not to be mean or anything, but they, they do struggle a little bit in the junior, the real younger type stuff when you're 10 to, say, 10 to 12 and stuff like that. But I think the biggest thing in, in, in England, there's not a whole lot of places you can ride. Even yeah, during the summer and stuff, tough. there's there's no tracks, and that's kind of a bummer. But we were spoiled in, in Southern California where you could, I mean, you can go to the old Pirate Speedway, IMS in San Bernardino. That was very very cool track to practice on but um Mailey's place too Mailey's back in the day I was that was basically seven days a week yeah every day you can turn up there now we have milestone which um you know it's not that's like five or six days a week now that that was open yeah is that right yeah Wednesday to Sunday I believe is that what it is yeah and it's eight they open eight or nine in the morning or something right yeah they run till I think like five or six in the afternoon. And it's pretty cool. They used to have actually lights and stuff up and they still do like a, a night race or like night riding for like the motocross tracks. But I, I would like to see the lights on, on the speedway track too. Cause I think that would be a, a cool deal. You know, like I work five, five, six days a week and same with Dylan, you know, he's a, like I said, we're both kind of, we're both in the middle of learning our trades, you know, and it's, it's hard to get our, our days sorted to where, you know, we can just go, Hey, you want to go ride speedway? And it's like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to go make money. <laughs> what do you guys work with? Um, I do fabrication, uh, sheet metal. Uh, I run CNC's, um, uh, welding, forming of metal. We do all these different little things and you know, a lot of knickknack parts and big jobs, a lot of, uh, a lot of duct work, like, uh, air ducts and stuff like that but um for the most part it's a it's a cool trade is that something you started from school learning about or is that no. something somebody you met along the way like my, my nephew brad this was the same when he mm-hmm. went through an engineering thing out, out <laughs> after school and then ended up with a you know deal at spacex it's just cool how you network and the people yeah. you're around so no i kind of got into it because you know it was uh, <laughs> in a sense times get tough yeah. So, right. you know, it's a, uh, I had to step up and kind of start supporting a little bit. And that's kind of where I met a guy named Ricky Richards and he, oh, that's who you're working for? yeah. So okay. we, uh, we actually met Ricky on a New York trip and it was the funniest thing in the world. Cause you know, I met this guy and I didn't really know him too well. I knew I'd heard the name and I knew he rode a speedway bike, but you know, I was kind of in a, a different crowd than him. I was, stepping up to the big bikes and he was already kind of there, but he wasn't, you know, he, he came from motocross and he's an older guy and it's a, it's kind of hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> so 
it was like, uh, you know, one day I just kind of approached him and was like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I could really use a job and start learning something. He was all about it. And within, I think a week he had me sorted on a job and had me come in and do the whole deal and literally just fast tracked me into it. And ever since then, I've really, really enjoyed. I've got, you know, I've got a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of work time towards it, you know, and it was, a. Uh, it's been a really cool trade. I get a ton of hours. I work 12 hours a day, pretty much no matter what, five to five thirty every day. And, uh, if not more, like I think the other week I put in 130 or the other, for the last two weeks, I put in 134 hours or something like that at work. What are you doing? Respect? Nothing. I, I go home and sleep. <laughs> I go home and sleep and some girlfriend. Yeah. I, do. I, don't, I don't know how I manage it all, you know, but yeah, well, it's cool that she's, she's hanging with you. <laughs> this is a good girl. But, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with, uh, with work and maybe Dylan can kind of explain and jump in on, on what he kind of does. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm at my uh, aunt's auto body shop. Mm-hmm. No, for the most part, I'll be doing working for the painters right. and like, that's what I grew up doing. Yeah, basically like I'll just prep bumpers or really whatever materials they come in. And then, yeah, it's really about it. Honestly, if I'm not doing that, I'm picking up a broom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah stuff like that. But, <laughs> that's how you get started. Right. You know, no. you know, we all pay our dues in one way or another, but that's yeah. a cool, you know, that's a cool trade. And yeah. our no. whole family was in that industry. So it was like, we were destined to be involved with automotive paint and you can see for me it didn't last long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to get back in the dirt so. yeah that's cool i mean you you get you know I'm, I'm learning a lot honestly and i don't know it's something cool just to really get into and kind of learn a trait like i'm actually saying so that way you know maybe the speedway thing doesn't pan out so then i have something to fall back on but no it's it's cool i'm, I'm stoked that i'm working there but that's right yeah, go ahead, Stephen. I'm just curious if if you guys would would uh, like to go to Europe or take the next step in Speedway. What is the next step? How do you do? How do you go from here to the next thing? Yeah, that's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, but you have some experts around the around the table. Uh, what's that? <laughs> you have some experts around the table. <laughs> That done. I mean, yeah. And if you're asking me, man, I I know it all. Watch out! Don't let me lose. And I actually, and I don't know anything either. Still learn it. No, but it's kind of a big question. I know that, but I think it's a lot of people that sits in that situation, you know. And what is the next step? And how do you get the guts to do it? Well, if I step in for a second, like. A lot of people don't really know the whole story about these two youngsters here. And I mean, what Max kind of told you a little bit about it, but he didn't really elaborate on everything. This dude is, he's like a saint, you know, he's not just a a great kid overall. He's really good with all the kids here. Right. But he's, you know, we all have grown up in different situations, but this dude has really had to step up and he's become not just an older brother, almost a father figure. It feels to and this is my opinion to to his younger brother here and has done an exceptional thing in life you know so what he's doing is is uh you know it's not just easy for him to hop up and take off and go chase a career because he's he's got such a you know a heart set to help his his brother help his family and just whatever anyway <laughs> it's going it's been a pretty impressive story and this guy's unbelievable 
on a motorcycle. He's unbelievable with the other kids growing up today. He's always the first one there on every kid, my kid from years back, right there and for every heat, telling him, come on, good, go for it, do this, do that. Rides with him on the track and possibly he's next to him. And I mean, he's a god for for my son, Wilbur. You know, there's just, there's Max Rummel and then there's Max Rummel. And um, he, no, he really, he idolizes the, the crud out yeah. of you just because he comes, he brings himself down to that level and lifts the kids up to another level when he's with them. So I can understand why Dylan's probably stoked to have this guy for a big brother. But that's I just had to throw that in there. So there's a lot more to this story about this guy. And, the, you know, opportunities are starting to open up. But yeah. we've only talked about Junior Speedway so far and what Ricky's done and what these two dudes have done so far. And then they've come up. How many junior speedway championships do we have between the three of you guys? I have none. You didn't get none? <laughs> I, <didn't get, laughs> I won a I won the Gumball Rally, you know? That was that's, my, that's more than it's yeah, that, that was my right big, <laughs> yeah, that was my the big only deal. one I didn't get. <laughs> no. I won two. I won junior title speedway. One, two. I won two. Yeah, I think about well, that. And then he when they introduced the, the silver cup, Dylan, yeah. he's actually him and Luke were on a big battle and maybe he can kind of elaborate on that one a little bit. Yeah. I remember this when the silver cup came out, honestly, I wanted to race that. Like I was trying to get more prepared for that meeting than the under 16s. Honestly, I thought that was like the coolest meeting. Like it was just like the FIM whole thing and all the kids. It's like a day just for the kids. I think Kelly Inman did a cool job on putting that all together. Dude, hats off to Kelly. He does. Yeah, everything he does, he a lot. does is unreal. Kill it. Um, so that that's rad. Yeah. So, but now five hundreds for everybody. You guys are. I mean, you're all. You know, I mean, Ricky's obviously he's overseas uh, with us over there now. But you guys have come up through the ranks, and now you're at the level where it's pretty much waiting for the next step. And you're. It seems like yeah. talking to you more recently without saying too much. It feels like you're. You're really doors are wide open for you for opportunities are starting to be put on the table so it's kind of yeah. up to you in the near future and we're all sitting here you know <laughs> twiddling our thumbs going come on is he gonna do it or is he gonna do it so we're, we're hoping that that uh, there'll be a, a near future decision for this guy but we never know things can change overnight so and then dylan i mean your your guys's names for the future right now are really out there with obviously with luke and and brock too mm -hmm. but there's four guys who can potentially come over and join Ricky and I in Europe, which we're both open arms, you know? We yeah, want more people. Wow. And I grew up, when I went to Europe, I had 10 or 15 American guys in England at the same time. So it was a total different era. Wow. So I, was, I had dudes to hang out with where you're like the Lone Ranger. I know, when I first went over there, it was Gennaro's uh, last year, the year before. Um, I think Billy Hamill recently had retired and come back home a year or two before that and I just had uh Ryan Fisher and I'm great friends with Fisher and his wife and the kids and everything and you know I was down in Tamworth and they were up in Edinburgh they were five hours away so it was kind of you know I, I always knew Ryan and everything from when I was back here racing um and stuff and then obviously got to know him a lot more when I was over there and stuff but uh he did a hell of a lot for me and you know it was yeah, it was tough. It's, it'd be a lot easier if there was, you know, 10 of you all living in the same village or whatever. But um, it's not like that. I think it will be like that in the next two, three years, maybe not 10 guys. But, you know, this year it's, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I do admire Gino's determination and 
um, his attitude towards the season. He's, um, you know, kind of gone after it and, and just gone. Really gone huh? Yeah. That's cool. And it's, it's good to see, you know, I, sometimes I wake up and I don't have half his enthusiasm to do anything in the day and he's just full on into it. So I do, especially you, man. Yeah. Like, just ready to go, sure, man, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I admire that. He's got a, um, yeah, I think it's a good season this year and it's completely up to him to, to put in the work and do it. But, um, you know, from the outside, it looks like he is giving it a 110%. That's cool. Like, I still look at Ricky like he's one of these guys, you know. He's, he's still one of the youngsters in the game, and yet he's been over there for quite a few years already. Yeah. But he's still very active himself and doing lots of stuff and working the next level. They go to, to race in the international uh, leagues and stuff which are tough to get into these days it's just you've got to be got to be like extraordinary and people give you one chance sometimes and if you go there and you've never been there and you gotta and you know this you go and you you have one day that just doesn't go the way they expect it like you're just kicked to the side until you get a chance at it they don't really second chances aren't heard of unless you're willing to take like a 50 percent cut and pay and stuff like that, which the demand is high. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, even an example, I did Danish Speedway for a season. I was like, yeah, cool. got a lot of uh, pretty close Danish friends and stuff. Did it. Uh, struggled for two meetings. Didn't score many times. Kept crashing. Um, <laughs> which I don't only crash. But, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was difficult, but it wasn't, it was just different. Um, you know, I had stuff in England that worked and it didn't work over there, but, um, and you need different stuff. Huh? Yeah. And then going back to the point, I had, a, I didn't have Danish speedo last year. Then this year I'm an A rider. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, how, how does that work out? And they work it off your, your, uh, elite league and Premier league in, in England <laughs> average. And I'm like, okay. You're being good, dude. Yeah. But <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's a bummer. I don't think I'd be interested in doing the Danish thing again anyway, but it was just like, man, how, does, how are you supposed to get another chance? But just that's correct. You, you get one chance at it, and if you don't really like succeed or improve or do anything, it, it is tough to get back into it. But, you know, uh, back to Stefan saying about how these boys get over here, you, now you need to qualify for it anyway, which is kind of a bummer. Um, you know, it's the top four, is it? Yeah. Top four. Um, you guys got, got guys like Billy Jay in it, who is, I don't think he's interested in going back to England, but um, he's interested in winning national championships, which is completely understandable. But it is difficult to get into that top four. I do feel pretty sorry for, for Becker. I mean, he missed yeah. it by an injury. a spot or two. One spot. Uh, they missed, by, missed him by a broken foot or yeah. whatever. Um, or something like yeah. that. Which, you know, anyone. Seeing Luke ride, I think the round he missed was at Auburn. It, no, it was at Industry. And, industry. And usually he actually goes pretty well at Industry. I've had some good races with him there, and he's he's unbelievable on a bike. And I couldn't I couldn't believe when I heard that. You know, I didn't I didn't know much about it. I didn't know he was even interested in going over. Then all of a sudden, there's a big thing like he can't go, and it's like, wait, he was going? Yeah, he was wanting to go. What? <laughs> Here's a guy who's been working hard, ready to go, and then he can't. He can't, can't even go when he's ready to go. Oh. Yeah. But those are the, you know, the, the laws of the yeah. governing bodies and the Department of Employment and stuff. You can't just pop up and go whenever you want anymore. Mm -hmm. And in in Sweden or Poland, you can yeah. you can go whenever you want. But if a club has got a place for you, if yeah. they're willing to gamble, it's not a problem. Yeah. You get a work permit and go ride. Yeah. But it's just whether they're willing to roll the dice and give you a shot. So yeah. we tried to do last year with Brock and bring him over and just let him warm up and. Mm -hmm get a feel for that, that kind of racing and do it differently and see if it would work. But it's not, it's not easy, you know? It's, you have to be that little bit 
a little bit of extraordinary. Yeah, and find a club that's willing to go, I like what I see, mm-hmm. yeah. and just go for it. But then again, it's like it's cutthroat. One bad day, and they can't afford to those two points that you drop might be the two points that could have won that match. Mm-hmm. And it's, we can't afford to gamble on that again. And there's so many guys behind you chomping at the bit to yeah. fill that spot. But I think it's another good thing to touch on as well as um, the World Cup. I mean, it's kind of gone good over the past few years. And I mean, you guys were both there last year. Yeah. No, he, well, he was there last year and then I was there and went as a reserve in 13, then was in the main body of the team at 14 and 15. And, you know, being able to go over there and get that experience. And I think we can all touch on that where it's like, you know, you're, you're thrown into a world championship event where, you know, you're lining up next to guys that are like, <laughs> that guy just won the world championship last year. <laughs> this guy's leading the world championship this year. And he won three world championships the year, the three years before, you know, you're sitting there like, Whoa, dude, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary to, to think that I've gotten to do that. And same with Dylan, you know, he's a, he's a young kid who, you know, didn't really get that opportunity that I did at such a young age, but it was a, it was a humbling experience, you know, and it really gave you a, an outlook on what you have to do and how prepared and how fast you really have to be to compete with these guys. And it's, it's something that I'm, you know, I think we're both willing to do. It's something that we both strive to be, but like you said, it's cutthroat and tough. Yeah, it's oh. tough to do it. But I mean, if the deal was on the table and you're like, I like what I see, are you ready to make that? I mean, both of you, really. Because wow. yeah. you're both in the position and you, you're equally ready to go whenever you want to go. In my opinion, you guys are unreal. So, And that's the kind of stuff that, that um, we like to hear as Americans. And for someone like Ricky to bring you over there, he can educate you. You know, whenever you guys are around, he can be showing you the ropes but at the same time, he's like, he wants to keep you behind him as much as he can <laughs> in, in one way, not, not just, you know, not in a bad way, but I don't want these guys to beat me. So all the yeah. time that you're there coming up, you're pushing him the way Billy and I did for yeah. a lot of years. We always, I always refer to that, but as much as I like to be in around him, I also wanted to make sure that I scored one point more than him all the time <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. I'm sure it was the same. So it's, yeah. it's cool. The more that are there, the more you're going to lift each other. And this guy's already, you know, he knows it pretty well yeah. nowadays. I thought it was the same when I used to race against Fisher, Gino. I was just like, I don't want this guy to beat me. <laughs> every time. And I, I remember once it was, uh, I was against Ryan at Workington in 2014, I think. And uh, it was just heat 15. I was on the 12 from 12 and he was like gate two and he tried clamping me so hard. And I was just like, dude, just run into him. Yeah, it is. It's a good competitiveness, though. You, um, you know, when you go when you're against fellow Americans, I'm sure it's the same with the Aussies and the English and all that stuff. But you don't want to get beat by a fellow countrymen and you know, kind of turn it up a little bit for for those ones. <laughs> um, and you're shaking his hand after he just beat you, going, "Yeah, that was a good one, bro." And you turn around, you're just going, "Well, I mean, I think touching back on what Greg had asked, you know, um. If the opportunity did arise, I, I think, you know, if the offer is good enough and everything's working out in, in our favor, I, I don't see the reason why not. You know, I mean, me and little brother, we've both kind of gotten our way in our trades and we've kind of, you know, at, at a younger age, you know, we've broken away from, from living at home and stuff like that. So, you know, I think if the opportunity did arise, I would, I would try and jump on it. I would try and really try and figure it out and, 
make it happen. You know, Dylan, he's he's got to finish in a top four space uh, spot, like we were saying. And right. you know, for the last ever since I've gotten on a five hundred, ever since I got on the big bikes, I've I've been qualified. My first year, I scored fourth, and I've only gotten better to third, to a second, a second, and a second. And like like Ricky said, you know, you you're racing against a guy like Billy Gennaro, who's had all the experience in the world overseas and it's gotten that, that time. And I don't want to call him a sandbagger, but it's like, like, <laughs> like what do you call the guy? You know, you're racing against a guy with, 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 yeah, with, like, <laughs> with years of experience over you. And, you know, uh, I always say experience over youth because you know, it's uh, you're an eager kid that wants to win, but at the same time, how do you win against a guy that's had years and years on a speedway bike over you? And, you know, it's, it's tough. And, you know, at first, when I first started on the, the 500s, it was like, I got into a spot where it was like, man, that's all I want to do is beat Billy Gennaro, <laughs> beat Billy Hamill, you know, beat those guys. And at this point, it's like, I don't even, like, I don't even care about beating you anymore. I just want to make it so I can get into a spot to where I can make it overseas. I can get that experience and gain that. So that way, when I come back, I could beat that record of whatever he's got for national championships, you know? I could be that young guy or whatever. If it, it didn't work out over there, I can come back and be, you know, something great here. But, you know, I think overall, I think me and Dylan are both striving to, to reach those top four spots and uh, make it over there. And like I said, no one's really – no one's really even asked us if we wanted to, though, in a sense, either, you know? Not directly. Everyone's kind of just kind of like, well, you guys aren't asking us. So, you know, it, it's it's not out there. But you now know, you're hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> but you are. And I think, uh, you know, from what I've experienced with these podcasts, I've seen I've seen quite a few of them. And I think Dylan has, too. He's told me that he uh, he listens to it at work. He puts a headphone in oh, that's cool. and, like, yeah, literally will just work. Yeah, yeah Stefan. you know just us in general listening to these podcasts you you see what kind of people have come onto the show and what kind of positive outlook it it pers it it i don't know the word it 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 looks yeah or it kind of like uh portrays over it portrays exactly you know yeah there that was homeschooled. So <laughs> <laughs> Dylan right here, he's the dictionary. He's got, a, he's, got a, well, I mean, he's got a strong vocabulary and he's really smart. Like when it comes to like books, you know, he's a, he's a really smart kid and he's really talented at whatever he does. And <laughs> Farrakh said it's me, David Farrakh said it's me. <laughs> I, I tried to avoid the books as much as I could. Yeah, same, <laughs> you know. But um, Except the coloring books. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. I always went outside the <laughs> <laughs> never follow the rules. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe Dylan can uh, talk a little bit too. You know, I've I've kind of kind of led this conversation with me and him, and maybe he can kind of give you a look of what he wants to do real quick. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely on the agenda. I mean, that's the main goal is to get overseas, get comfortable, and like make a living in the sport. I mean, that's really what we want to do. But you know, there's a lot of steps that need to be taken, and yeah. You can do it a bunch of different wrong ways. You can do it a bunch of different right ways. Sure. So, I mean, I think regardless, you're, you're taking a gamble. I think, honestly, it's, you know, it's not always going to line up perfectly for you. So you have to kind of, you know, make do with what you got and kind of force it to work. So, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of a bummer that 
the main goal is to get overseas because American Speedway really, you know, isn't where it could be. But I think, you know, it's only getting better. And, I mean, yeah, that's really that's really what we're trying to do is get a top four spot. I mean. So you can have it if the opportunity comes. Yeah, exactly. People know you want to go. So it's like, wow. man, you got to go for it. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really been in a rush either. You know, it's not like we're really super eager to get over there. Like, as you said, we have a lot of stuff kind of going on here and we're learning traits and, you know, just trying to take the the steps to really get to where we need to be and to be there comfortably and healthy and, you know, not pushing, not pushing your boundaries beyond like, sure. you know, like you could think about it, but you know, you have to consider all factors. Okay. Uh, American Speedway was backed out. It was in the seventies and eighties where you can now, race four nights a week, make quite a, Quite a living. Uh, there's so many guys who unreal. didn't go to Europe for that yeah. reason. And you could spend your Sundays at Newport Beach. Uh, yeah. Beach ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You get a guy like Billy Janeiro, who's, you know, he's he's definitely the man. He's been the man over here. One, he's got eight titles now, or seven, something like seven, that. Seven, yeah. He's got a lot of national championships. And yeah. <laughs> they, they call him Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but the guys you know they all want to beat him so little do they know but they're getting so much better because they want to beat this guy so he's helping american speedway by still he's not the youngest dude in the group anymore either but he's still dominating he's so talented and he's like ridiculous right yeah the guy he should be in europe with us and that's every year i come home when i watch him ride and i'm like man how do we get that dude back to europe you know because he's just it's so easy for him and there's just he just looks he's he's our darcy ward as everybody says he's the guy who just yes. if there's not a spot i'll find a spot <laughs> i will make a i'll make a place and he puts it here and he puts it there and you know obviously if he was totally devoted again and he'd, he'd be hardcore into it and taking care of himself and fitness and everything he would just it would be a, a walk in the park but He's here, and every time you guys get good and leave, he's like, "Yes, there's another one gone." <laughs> it surprised me how many national titles he's actually racked up in the past few years. I I seen somewhere the other day it was eight, I think. Yeah, I believe it's eight. Wow, yeah. that's it's a lot. It's impressive. Yeah, I didn't realize it was um, it was that many. And yeah, he's I I know he's a very very difficult guy to beat, um, especially on these small tracks oh, here. Man. Yeah. He's strong, he's aggressive, and he's not going to give up. So yeah, I don't right. really miss uh, racing in the weekend. Like <laughs> no, guys no. Have. it sucks, dude. <laughs> but I like it once a year, and then if I beat him, I'm like, right, I'm done for the year. <laughs> it's such a relief. No, I see, and the race is over. It's such a relief. <laughs> when you beat him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Do you guys, guys have any, any, go any goals for this season? When? I have, <laughs> I have, I have one that I'm chasing, right? Oh, you do. You're gonna get it. Oh, right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <no problem. laughs> do you have a goal too? If I have a goal in speedway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna ride a bike. <laughs> yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> no, what do you got, Rick? What's your um, What's your mission for the year? I don't know. Uh, I have a Polish team this year, which is pretty cool. I've been in England the whole time, and it, you know, you do get sick of that and over it. Um, Where in Poland? Ravage, second yeah. division there, uh -huh. um, bottom league. But I'm kind of looking forward to getting in that. I'll be um, Yeah, just to do the meetings. I'm not even interested about making money out of it, just to do it. Um, 
you know, you look at guys like Jason Doyle and stuff, who was in the Premier League from, you know, only a few years ago, and now four or five years later, he's world champion and just a completely different person. So, yeah. you know, it is um, interesting to follow a guy's story like that. But, um, you know, overall, just have a good year for Edinburgh. Um, great club up there and stuff. I was a bit bummed to be left out of Rye House's plans with the Elite League, but... You know, that's what happens to some of these people, uh, some of these promoters. They just promise you stuff. And, uh, yeah, last minute you don't fit in, but whatever. And um, In there. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, when they need you, they'll, they'll ring you and they answer calls. When they don't need you, they'll just uh, delete your number. But, you know, <laughs> you learn. It's part of it, I guess. It doesn't really bother me too much anymore. Not that you can tell. But. <laughs> hey, hey, it is no, what it is. You know, just go there and have a good season. Um, you know, still recovering little bit from an arm injury I had but uh yeah I think I'm 80% sure I'll know in a couple hours here because we're actually going out to practice this afternoon so um it's 20 degrees here not minus oh. 20. So. <laughs> <laughs> remember what Kelly Indian always says pain is weakness leaving the body that is it <laughs> or <laughs> 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 always that's the truth calls me yeah. cupcake that's <laughs> different Lisa gave him a nickname that was uh, Fluffy or Curly or something. Cause it's Kelly. Dylan said a nickname. Yeah, Dill Pickle. Yeah, Pickle. Oh my goodness, I was little. And honestly, I didn't think it was gonna stick this long. It was. <laughs> I, I only learned it today. Oh no, yeah. in the last couple of days. Yeah. Been talking about that. I learned the meaning of it today, like the actual quickness. Nah, yeah. I mean it really. They came from the Rugrats, and like how we were talking about earlier, and like. You know, I thought, like, my original name was supposed to be Blake. So, you know, like, my mom, I guess, and, like, none of the, my brothers and sisters liked it, I guess, or something like that. And so my mom wanted to change the name or whatever to Dylan because they were calling me Pickle and all that. And <laughs> I guess, I mean, I don't know what my mom did, but obviously she didn't do it right. Because <laughs> I was sitting there, and we lost my, my original birth certificate. So I had to go to the, the Hall of Records or whatever and go get a new birth certificate. And like, <laughs> this is a funny story. I just heard this today. <laughs> yeah, and I was getting this birth certificate and like I'm like reading it, reading it. And like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this isn't my middle name. Like, this is, my name was Dylan Blake Rommel on my birth certificate. And I've been writing down Dylan John Rommel my whole life. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, yeah, just as soon as he turned 18. <laughs> uh, he just found out that his middle name was different than it actually was on the birth certificate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everything. You should change your middle name to Pickle. Like, <laughs> yeah. So his goal for the year is to find out what his real name really is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm having an identity crisis. <laughs> real name with two E's? Like, yeah, with two E's. Yeah, real. Yeah. It's all about real 45. Yeah. yeah. That's real. real. It's all real, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think my main goal is to just uh, stay consistent and, you know, get every race, take every race at a time and, you know, go from there. I just want to, I, I want to achieve a lot. I want to set, set higher goals every time I achieve one. But um, I mean, the main goal is just to go out and be as consistent as possible. Like I have been, I've, I've never been a fan of falling or getting hurt. You know, I've, I've had a really good run at that. So the same goals apply, you know, don't, don't plague yourself with injury and keep yourself moving forward. And, you know, from there on, it's just, <laughs> I, I want to win. 
I want to go out and I want to win. I want to score points. I want to make money and do that whole ordeal. So and if you're scoring points and you're making, you're winning, you're making money. So yeah, yeah. and that most of yeah, yeah, most of all, <laughs> fun, you know? I mean, that's it's all a mindset, isn't it? It's exactly. all mindset. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's something I learned from a young age. You know, if uh, uh, who someone told me if you're if you're not having fun, why do it? You know, and that's what I've just tried to make every day out of it. You know, it's just uh, every time you get on a bike, have fun. I I love doing wheelies. I love you know. The, the sport in general. I think I'm the only person on a speedo bike that can do a no-handed wheelie. <laughs> uh, I've got the pictures to prove it too. So. <laughs> Come we'll later on today. Most people <laughs> will go, why? <laughs> That's what I kind of said. I was like, yeah, cool. But if I did that, my dad would just yell at me. Still, do some fast stuff. He's not even ready to go. You know, it, it's all about keeping it, <laughs> keeping it real and having fun. That's um, it. And well, these guys, man, if they make the jump, and I, I, I always quote the thing from Bobby Schwartz that he always said to me, and if it's something that works for you guys, that we talked about earlier too, but he always told me, you know, when you're going to go there, don't worry, California's not going anywhere. No. Yeah. And yeah. you can always come home. So that was like, that was the thing. I was like, right, but I want to come home. I want to go do this thing, man. I <laughs> do it. So, do you have any specific goals you want to mention, or yeah, just I like you're just. Honestly, I'm gonna say it. No, I mean honestly, I think right now the top goal is just to get top four in the nationals. I think that's really on my agenda. But you know, I think like Max said, just staying consistent, healthy, and looking at the bigger picture. And I mean, hopefully, make a go at going overseas next year or the following after that. I mean, regardless, that's that's where I want to end up. So yeah, I mean honestly, I think just staying healthy and you know, obviously, I want to win. You know, it's cool. unreal feeling when you look at your paycheck after the night and, you know, from literally spending maybe 10 minutes on the track, you know, in all, and, you know, you actually won, you're getting paid for something that you love to do. It's, I mean, it's unreal, honestly. Yeah. I can only back you up on that one. No. Yeah. You get paid to do something you really love to do. So then you just want to do it more and better. No. So no, it's cool. That's awesome. Well, guys, it's been, uh, it's been real. <laughs> <laughs> Real. Real. these guys i'm gonna leave them to it because they're going out to uh to get sideways now and, and uh, keep trying to be winners so um we thank you very very much for for giving us this time this is a super informational it's inspiring for me whether you know it or not but it's really cool and uh i look forward to obviously i'll be seeing ricky soon enough overseas and, and hope we're going to meet up and against each other and stuff in poland too and really hope that something happens even before this actually gets broadcast out there there might be a decision one way or another what what max is doing so um it could be something good could come out of it something good will come out of it but yeah something yeah. positive for american speedway future again yeah. so i'm like i'm like come on bro <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. This i want to say it but i don't want to jinx it no that's <laughs> right no, <I'm> <laughs> maybe we know something you guys don't Maybe. So anyway, thanks again, you guys. Stefan, thank you for scraping the ice on your window to make a trip to the to your studio there. Thank and, you. Uh, we're just, we're just going to go dust off the sand and the dust from outside. <laughs> Put some sunblock on. Yep. So <laughs> do that. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to tune in again next week for the next. Real 45 podcast and uh, 
Be sure to uh, follow us on Podbean, iTunes, and Acast, and give us a share. For sure, share, 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 share. We share. like that. Yeah, share. Rate us, rate. like us. Yeah, rate us. Yeah. I like to be rated. <laughs> <laughs> over, over, not overrated, just rated. <laughs> and uh, yeah, of course, the main thing for us too is to, to follow us too and like us and share us on social media, the At Real 45 podcast. And for me, I'm going to sign off and say have an awesome day. And as always, grin to win. Have fun. And uh, you guys, thanks again. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's seize it now and get hyped. We talking about our careers, our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45. Yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah.